You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting here next to me is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, great to be here, and uh, we always talk about it. Some weeks are a little more fun than others, and hopefully this will be one of those fun ones. Yeah, this sets up to be a good night for us as we get to talk about Wilson's first victory of the 2022 season. It comes over the Central Dolphin Rams, who drop to 0-2, and things are looking a little rough in Harrisburg for CD as they have to play Coatesville now next week and are staring down 0-3. Right, right. You know, I, um, you know, we'll talk about the CD game. We'll we'll talk about that, recap that a little bit in in just a few minutes. But I know um, when we were talking uh, before the game and that was brought to our attention, I was like, ooh, geez. You know, and and it's interesting because you and I talk a lot, and and not just us. Lots of people talk about the similarities or the I don't even know the right word, but just kind of like how you get a lot of people who compare the Wilson and Central Dolphin programs to each other. Oftentimes, I, I know there are some differences, but they are a in general they are usually a pretty good comparison for those right. Um, for those two programs in district three. And so, you know, we always talk about, and we talked about it on last week's show. All right. Um, about the schedule for that Wilson has and, you know, playing Roman Catholic and then playing central dolphin, you know, and then playing MLK out of Philadelphia, like, you know, Oh, and well, I mean, this is, and this is kind of dictated by the bias, but then having Mifflin as well, you know, like it, Wilson always has this non-league schedule. That's just, absolutely brutal and then you look at central dolphin and i i just had to like chuckle a little bit because you know we talk about that with wilson all the time but central dolphin is always scheduling wilson you know uh, when when we talked about numerous times how that is an issue a lot of teams won't do it um and then you have like they played um oh, i forget who they played week one but uh, you're talking about Central Dolphin? Yeah, Central, Central York. York. Yeah, they played Central York, week one, who has been really good the last couple of years. And then they play Coatesville next week. Talk about a brutal run. Oh, and then that all dumps you off into the biggest section of the mid-pen, you know, or division, I guess they call them. But, like, you know, the biggest division of the mid-pen. So, right. yeah, like, it's just... Whew. And, and again, it's just another parallel, in my mind, of the two... <laughs> programs that get compared so often also right. both having brutal non-league schedules right so. yeah it's um wilson central dolphin like you mentioned for all everything you just said just very comparable very similar and we, we've been excited for a long time that they've been able to play each other wilson and central oh, dolphin yeah. from 2014 on now uh, there have been a gap of many years. Wilson didn't play Central Dolphin for nine seasons. 
regular season or playoffs right. from, between the District 3 championship loss in 2002 up to the District 3 championship loss in 2011. Right. Uh, and then we got to play them every year since 2014. Right. And what's crazy, At least once. Right. And so that's crazy because when you look at it, that's one of those things where there aren't a ton of games. What is it? 13 games? 13 matchups between the two schools? Something like that. Yes, like yes seven because and six entering now? this game, uh, favoring Central Dolphins, Central Dolphins led seven to five. Right, in the series record. So, yes. So when you look at it, thirteen times, and most of those have been in the last decade. You know, because of that, how we picked up that regular season and playing them early in the non-league schedule. Um, but it feels—I don't know—it felt more familiar to me. Maybe because that, you know, that overlaps with a lot of my time following. Wilson football so closely, you know, maybe that's why it feels like such a familiar, right. I'll say rivalry, you know, like knowing as much as that non-league, yeah. you know, and separated by an hour drive is going to create, you know, but um, yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things where you, you know exactly what you're going to get and to like paraphrase, <laughs> to paraphrase our uh, buddy, Andy, her on his tweet, like he saw the score and was essentially, and again, this is a paraphrase, but just like, mm-hmm. yep, that's about right for a Wilson Central Dolphin game. Like, yeah, you know, it, like he's like, I don't know how you would expect anything else, which is in part what drew our attention to that Central Dolphin score last week that they had given up over 30 points because that doesn't happen to them very often. Right. Um, right. So no, you're right about that. Yeah. Um, they, yeah. So they lost last week to Central York. Uh, we're, before we do housekeeping and the 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 uh, the highlights and everything, we're going to just take a trip through District Three Six uh, A right. because there's a lot of teams playing each other in these first few weeks that will have a huge bearing on pow- the power ratings, which I don't believe oh, yeah. will be. I mean, they may be out now, but they won't be useful for at least another like three weeks. Like, you have to be five games in for to have some sort of picture come out, and even then, they're they're so volatile that. You know, you can monitor them, but there's so many moving parts, as we've seen from me trying to predict as we, you know, in the week seven and eight, try to figure out how things are going to play out. One change here and there, and there's a, a, a massive overhaul. York Tech got a win this week, by the way. Yeah, over Kutztown. Yeah, I know. So pick that one wrong. Pick Kutztown. Um, my Fearless Friday forecast debut is not going well. Was pretty fearful. Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, I'm not... I'm not invoking fear in my competitors because no, I am no. I am really but bad. Maybe, maybe afraid to make picks next week is, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So um the District 3 6A teams have overlapped a lot. In week one, Manheim Township played Cumberland Valley. Cumberland Valley won. Uh we know that Manheim Township then got to play Dallas Town, and Manheim Township whooped up on Dallas Town. Cumberland Valley then welcomed in Central York, and Cumberland Valley eked out a win versus Central York. York- After winning a close one against Township in week one. Uh, Cumberland Valley and Man- yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, and then um, we know Central York beat Central Dolphin. Now Wilson beat Central Dolphin. Um, York won, or excuse me, York lost in week one to Woodland, to Woodland Hills. Hills, but they got stopped on the goal line on you know, fourth down, right. last play of the game. A yard. They were a yard They needed a yard, and they couldn't get it with uh, that right. incredibly talented running back, Jaheim White, who's committed to go to West Virginia. I mean, still having a, a great season, but they stopped him on, on fourth and goal from the one on the last play of the game. And then York had to go to Hemfield this week, and they lost on 
uh, late fourth quarter, right. like final minute I think or 12, two. 12 seconds left. Yeah. Hemfield uh, scored and got a two point conversion to win by three. So there's a there's a couple good teams that are sitting at zero and two teams that are historically playoff playoff caliber teams at least the last few years in uh, York, William Penn, and and Central Dolphin. But those are some of the big names, and obviously we know Harrisburg. Um, they just beat up on Delaware Valley, and Delaware Valley has been in the, uh, the at least the district, or excuse me, the state quarterfinals, if not the state semifinals, the last couple of years. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting start to the season. I think Harrisburg is probably the odds-on favorite there in District Three Six A. Yeah, but. Uh, it is a long season, as we found out last year. I don't think anyone after five weeks thought Wilson would be in the district championship game. So, you know, it's a long way to go, only two weeks in. But that's a little preview of what's happening around 6A and District 3 uh, as we uh, wrap up here week two and then look ahead to week three. But before we get to our highlights and stats from Wilson's win over Central Dolphin, let's do our weekly housekeeping and announcements. And start off with our sponsors. This week and every week, we are once again thankful to be presented by Mays Sandwich Shop. And we appreciate the support from my dad, Bill Bill Mays, and also all of our other sponsors. And there has been a lot. We are thankful and appreciative of all of them, uh, including Mike Drago and MikeDragoSports.com, the Hop family, and our six anonymous donors and... um, Oop, I did not in I did not add Andy Hurd to this, unfortunately. I, I missed out adding Andy, or I, I did it and I apparently didn't add uh, the most recent one. So um we do appreciate uh everyone's sponsorship and I gotta re- remember to uh bring up the one that has Andy on it next time. Um yeah, this one might might be this one. Let's get to do this on the fly. Look at that. There we oh, go. Look at that. There it is. Okay. There you go, Andy. I had it made, just didn't it didn't import it. So there we go. So yeah. Um May's Sandwich Shop, MikeDragosports.com, the Hop fan family, Andy Her, and our six anonymous donors. Very, very happy that all of them have uh stepped up to the plate and supported us here for the eighth season of the Bulldog Hour. And there are additional ways to Help us out here besides sponsorships, advertising, and the in-kind donations. The biggest is visiting BulldogHour.com for all your Wilson football needs, announcements, history, uh, statistics uh, from the past. Uh, it's a great resource for everything that's going on. Uh, and then, of course, Justin's favorite. Yeah, like and share. Um, you know, we, we get feedback each week when uh, we see people at the games. And, you know, you, li- you like it, spread the word. That'll help us uh, get more stuff out there. And our next live show will be next Sunday, September 11th, 8.30 on all these broadcast platforms. Remember, we are all over Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch to watch the show. And obviously, we also have Instagram accounts, too. So you can find us all across social media, and hopefully you'll take advantage of that. But be here at the same time next week to catch our next live show, uh, which will be Episode 9 of Season 8. So the Wilson football schedule is as follows. We are all the way at the bottom Insane. of that first column. Insane. We are, um, I mean, really, when you include all that preseason stuff, we're a third of the way through the season after this week. Yeah, well, and that preseason stuff is when our, our like, in terms of the show season, uh, ramps up. So we're, and, and honestly, with the off-season shows, we're more than a third of the way through the shows, even if we make a run into mid-December. Yes. So it's, it's just kind of crazy how, 
once it's here, it goes so quickly. Well, when you look at what's today, the fourth next next week, you know, you can start referencing that as like the beginning, you know, middle of September already next weekend. So <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy. <laughs> oh man, the season just flies back so quickly. Well, it's only a matter of days till your Christmas tree goes up. I'm sure, so it's not <laughs> that big of a deal. I don't know that I go by days. I mean, you could certainly probably count down weeks because we're. Under we got to be yeah, um, but it's the beginning of September. Now, and it's not months, you're, so you're, <laughs> so like I think that gets the message across to our viewers. Technically, it is it is months, and honestly, you're pushing ten weeks. So I'm not even sure we're in single digits yet in terms of weeks. We're in single digits for months, but that's uh, that should be the case for everybody. But yeah, so the schedule moving right along. Martin Luther King is uh, game three here, week three, September 9th, this Friday, back at Gursky, and we will preview that that game momentarily but before we do the last announcement here we have is the championship team reunion each year the wilson football tradition club welcomes back a previous or previous teams that are celebrating a a, uh, championship anniversary and this year is one near and dear to my heart my senior season fall 2002 is being recognized for our 20th anniversary of that undefeated regular season and a district runner-up squad from the fall of 2002 that is this Friday during the game against Martin Luther King at Gursky. And uh, looking forward to uh, hanging out with uh, uh, a dozen-plus uh, fellow players, uh, coaches. Um, we got a, a couple trainers coming back. So, yeah, it's going to be a nice little reunion uh, with, with uh, you know, fellow uh, teammates from that team in 2002. And I always enjoy talking about what that squad did. And you can always check out a recap of that season and a lot of the seasons on bulldoghour.com. All right. So, Justin, let's get in now to the game against Central Dolphin. I'm going to pull up the highlights if we want to just talk through this. And I'm going to get situated to hopefully broadcast our interview because we did track down a few uh, players after the game. I'm going to play that for you. But we're going to do the quick game wrap recap, which we uh, bring in from Huddle each week. So, if Justin, if you want to just talk yeah, through absolutely. that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, we, we know how it ended. It ended 17-10. Um, and so, when we look at this, um, you know, this was one of our early drives here. Um, and this was really nice pass by uh, Tommy. I think that was the Eddie Case, correct? Yes, um, it was. Yeah, and it was beautiful. And we had called a timeout right before that. And... I think they got, well, obviously they got the look they wanted, a beautiful connection there. Um, and that put us up early, fairly early, 7 nothing after a little back and forth. Um, we also had another nice completion there. Uh, Tommy, and Tommy, you, you could see the progression from week one um, to, to this week. Uh, we were also able to give him a little bit more time, which, which is helpful. Um, but he also made some really good decisions bringing it down and running. Um, there was another nice pass kind of crossing across the middle. Um, one of those, and I forget which, which one it was, but we had been backed up pretty far. And this was after we had let them off the hook on their scoring drive, um, by helping with some penalties where we got, we were in like first or second and long because of a penalty. And then next thing you know, we were able to kind of cut down and, um, pick up the first down eventually, which was really nice. Um, there was another huge gain again coming across the middle, um, you know. But again, we were giving Tommy time. The receivers were running great routes and getting open, and that's kind of the key. 
Uh, here we go. I think that, yeah, this is Cam's long run. And it looks like, oh, he's going to be forced out. And then, nope, off he goes. Um, and it was funny because they definitely kicked away from him um, all night. He, he got the ball in his hands right. on a couple returns, but it was in such a way that it, it was really difficult. Um, you know, seeing Cam in that running back spot um, was something we didn't – see a lot of before, but we, we knew that was a possibility just because you can kind of put him all over the place. That was another big first down pickup there. Um, overall, it was just one of those things where, and like we say every time, like you can't really go by all the stats that pop up here automatically. On, yeah, on they're title. not exactly the uh, best. But we'll, we'll touch on stats in, in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I have, I have the um, list here. But just thinking like, you know, the game started out, Wilson hops up 7 nothing, and um, – you know, it was it was good. The defense looked good. The offense looked like like they were getting going a little bit, um, but it did feel like after that initial part, um, the field kind of felt like it was sloped like towards the end zone. We were defend defending a little bit. Uh, you know, the most of the second quarter uh, was played um, at the scoreboard end basically that where, where central dolphin was kind of in plus territory most of that um half or most of that quarter it seemed like however the their touchdown drive was a longer drive like i said we got helped by a couple penalties that kind of bailed them out um but other than that one drive central dolphin did not really move the football right. against us um you know they they took advantage of field position uh, you know a little bit, but not to the degree that they needed to. So it was kind of weird because like at halftime, you kind of felt like Wilson could feel like, all right, well, we weathered the storm because we started off. Okay. But then we did not play well in the second quarter and we're still tied seven to seven on the road at central dolphin. Okay. You know, like there, there's a lot you can take away from that. Cause you, there were a lot of things that we could sure up in the second half. On the other hand, I'm sure central dolphin was kind of feeling like, look, they jumped out, things were going their way. And then we kind of fought back and we're tied at halftime. They had to be fairly pleased at half as well. Um, I feel like both sides probably felt like they left a lot out there in the first half, but it was really interesting. Um, I feel like we made really good adjustments and not that the adjustments aren't made each week, but it comes down to, it's not as simple as recognizing something in the first half and then just, you know, snapping right. a finger and making it happen. It has to take coaches recognizing it communicating that with the players then the players executing it and i thought that's exactly what happened you could see in the third and, and fourth quarter how we kind of the kind of flashback to martin luther king or not martin our game against roman catholic the first few series everything looked from a, like a fundamental standpoint everything looked kind of like technically sound you know what i mean like we we're doing lots of the little things correctly and then we ended up getting away from that for lots of variety of reasons. Some of that being going against that many, just incredible athletes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I felt the similar thing this week. I felt like we started off very sound in lots of things we were doing. And then we kind of got away from that, but I felt the difference this week was that we were able to regroup. Uh, we, we got to halftime um, and then we were able to regroup. And when we started, we, we regrouped at halftime, we came out and kind of found our footing again. And we're doing much better with the little things in the second half. And that's the difference. You know, that's the difference, especially early in the season. Um, 
that's such a big difference between, you know, being able to make some positive plays and limit your mistakes and having them come back to bite you. Um, like we said, the Roman Catholic game, a lot of people see the final score, but that wasn't indicative of how that entire game went. Right. Um, no, and, and so I, did, it's, I, I, w- I was glad to see us not have that. I said it after that last, after the Roman Catholic game, like the key is there's so much to learn from that game. We can't let it become two games. Like you can't let one bad game become two bad games. And I feel like they didn't, they, they regrouped. There was there, is there, is there still plenty to work on after the central dolphin game? Absolutely. But I, I certain I don't know that anyone could watch that game and not think we got better from week one to week two, which is exactly in the big picture. That's what you want. And then what I want to do on next week, next week's show is talk about how we got better from week two to week three. You know what I mean? Like right. if we do that, then you start to build something because all those small gains over the course of the season really start to add up. And you know what? We were seeing it there on some of those highlights. We, you know, the junior quarterback was throwing a touchdown to a junior wide receiver, you know, like it's just some of those things really start to stand out um, when, as the season goes on. So seeing those, um, those things happen is, is nice. Yeah. I I found it funny all week, you know, leading up to the game of the people who reference the Roman Catholic game. And you could tell that they didn't, read recap articles like they were just looking at the at the box score or the final score and trying to draw conclusions as actually knowing what happened right and if you if you read the recap on on mike dragosports.com you know mike laid it out that things started to fall apart in the fourth quarter after you know it became a huge deal that they needed the score and then there became issues and there was turnovers as they were kind of trying to force some things to happen uh the the first what it was wasn't it twenty six fifteen with like eight minutes to play, yeah, like yeah. In, in the fourth quarter and we were driving in yeah. the red zone. So, I, but that's fine. I would rather people look at the the forty six to fifteen score and be like, oh, that game wasn't close. That's fine. You can think think that because you're just you're underestimating the team, and obviously that's the the preferred uh, spot. So. Yeah, so that was a a good recap of the game. Wilson, I feel like outside of the second quarter, Wilson controlled most of that game. Yes, in the second quarter, it was very clear to me Central Dolphin controlled the game. Yes, we hung, we were, and I I don't know, you don't know how it would have been, but to get into half at seven seven, not down, I think was huge. You know, because you can just reset and be like, all right, all the ups and downs in that first half, we just have to we have to outscore them by one the rest of the way. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's not like, oh, we have to outscore them by seven or eight, you know? No, we, we just have to win the second half. You know, you talk about win each quarter. Yep. Well, we, I'd say we won the first quarter. You know, you could argue it was a little bit back and forth, but they, in my mind, they clearly won the second quarter, but I, I yeah, argue for sure. we won the third and fourth. So Right, yeah, and, and we ended up winning three out of four quarters that – gave us the game right you know we obviously everyone prefer there to be a little bit more of a cushion at the end and not have to worry about are they going to kick it on sides you know what do we have to do we have to get first downs we have to make them use their timeouts and in the end um, but but how is this two years in a row did we do this last year what i forget where we get the ball at central dolphin and we just don't give it back well it, it, it happened the last 
th- all three wins. It was essentially right. like that. Because uh, mm. I remember back in 2019, the big deal was that we got the ball back with like nine minutes yes. or whatever. And yes. just that's, ran that's out the one the that clock. sticks out in my head. And then um, last year, Central Dolphin got two quick scores to make it look like a much closer game than it was. And we had to recover no, an right, onside kick right, and, right. and run out the clock then. And this time... We got the ball back with uh, a few minutes to go, and we're stopped. You know, thinking we we're going to have to punt, and they were going to get about twenty seconds to throw a desperation. You know, a few passes, but they opted to go for it on fourth and two, converted, and game was over. Right. So, when the offense needed to do it, the last three games against Central Dolphin, they were able to get it done. Not many teams can say that. No, no. It, it, I, yeah, they're just like. When we talk about Wilson, and, and again, Mike Drago had an article about the few teams that have a winning record against Wilson, and it's few and far between. There are not a lot. When you, and the, you had to have a minimum of five games played. You know, There's always right. going to be those random one or two games. Right, uh, like we're not counting Roman Catholic yet. Or North Allegheny, <laughs> right. you know, Pine right. Richland, Pittsburgh Central Classic. Those are all one-time meetings. And any team that you've played multiple times – and there's just a few schools, and some of them don't even exist anymore. Right, like right. Lebanon Catholic, right. no longer no longer a program. West Reading doesn't no longer a, a, a football team. So there's not a lot of teams that have a winning record. And Central Dolphin and Harrisburg are two of the big ones that are out there. But right. Wilson just closed the gap a little bit with Central Dolphin uh, winning this ma- meeting, and now three in a row to bring the uh, 13 game series to seven and six. Still favor the Rams, but Wilson is hanging right there with them. So statistically speaking, the game, Cam Jones, Justin mentioned, got a lot more time at running back this week, ended up uh, carrying the ball 13 times uh, for 122 yards and the one touchdown, which was the big 53-yarder that put Wilson up for good. He averaged 9.4 yards per carry. Watching Cam run the ball, I mean, you see it on the, the returns, the kick returns, the punt returns, but watching him be so patient yes. in the backfield when... You're, you're just kind of like, um, you got to keep moving. You got to keep moving. But every carry, he proves why he can delay because he can find the gap and squeak through. And once he gets into the second level, there's a good chance that he could take it to the house. Right. And and that's one of those things that I was thinking of. I'm like, last week he had, what, a 77-yard touchdown? Uh, the, yeah, the punt the, return. The return yeah. And this week he had a 53-yard touchdown. Um, even if you take out the 53-yard run – he still averaged almost six yards a carry, you know, which is really something against Central Dolphin. Yeah. Um, That's and, quick, and when quick you and when you, you there. well, quick calculator used by me. Um, <laughs> but like when you when you count that in, and obviously it counts. Um, he was pushing nine and a half yards a carry. Right. You know, that's that's unbelievable. That's almost a first down every time he touched the ball. Now there's a chance that Cleveland Harding will be back after missing this past week and most of the week one loss to Roman Catholic with an injury. So we'll see what happens there. I would expect to see uh, Cam and Amir also handle yep. you know, ball carrying duties. Um, and, and also with an athlete like Tommy Hunsaker at quarterback, obviously right. he's going to get to run the ball a lot too. And yep. he actually had more carries uh, both by design on reads and then also scrambles uh, than Cam did. He right. had 19 uh, carries for a net of 57 yards he only averaged three yards a carry which is also going to happen though when you're lined up and you're running like a read with cam you know like people are gearing to take cam away and so they're gonna say oh yeah we're gonna make the quarterback keep it well tommy 
Tommy can a number of that. times. Like okay, and he made him pay a number of times, and that's huge. He was sacked three times, so that takes away his rush, right, uh, his right. his rushing total. But he uh, threw the ball 15 times, completed nine, had one touchdown to Eddie Case, uh, the junior wide receiver, who caught four of Tommy's passes for 67 yards and the score. Cam also hauled in three passes for 16 yards. Uh, Makai Cooper had a big, big reception, yes, uh, 37-yarder to set up, I believe, the field goal. Is that what ended up setting up the field goal? I think it was. I think so. Yeah. So uh, in the third quarter, uh, Makai had a big reception from Tommy that ended up the, – the drive ended with the field goal from Ben Rada uh, to put Wilson up. Uh, a lead they wouldn't wouldn't uh, relinquish the rest of the yeah. way. Huh. And then Cam's rushing touchdown padded it a little bit more, and things got interesting at the end, but Wilson ended up coming through. So that was your offensive statistic. Defensively speaking, I was Ryan McMillan with the big night. He had uh, nine tackles and the forced fumble, so – uh, he was uh, he was flying around the junior linebacker, right? So we've talked a number about junior and uh, a number of times about juniors, but then, man, some of the seniors really made their presence felt uh, like on the defensive side of the ball. Not, not that they didn't on the offensive side, but like, and we'll hear from some of them later. But yeah, um, you know, some of them really had an impact on this defense and their really good performance on Friday night. Yeah, and possibly the biggest of all was the interception by senior Nate Capitano from his safety position that um, ended one of Central Dolphins' drives late in the game Yeah, uh, in the fourth quarter. So it was a huge uh, play by Nate. Not only did he have that interception, he also had five and a half tackles. Had a couple big hits, too. Yeah, he did. And he's not afraid to come up from that safety spot and, and finish the job. Landon Farrell returned after missing the Roman yes. Catholic game. A huge boost for the defense to get another linebacker uh, in there. And he had four and a half tackles. Three of them were for loss, too. So he is uh, he's making his presence felt in his game back. And uh, Rafael Fernandez, another senior. Nick Weitzel, another senior, both with four tackles. So like you said, uh, the seniors uh, definitely stepping up. And uh, Nick Krakona back at linebacker after right. uh, getting nicked up a little bit in the first game. He's back and had three and a half tackles as well. So it was nice to see everyone contributing on defense like they did and things looking a, a little bit better this week than it did in game one. Right. And and like I said, it I say it's easy for me. Like, I don't really have anything to do with it. But like, you know, all right, that first game. That's one where you, you have to learn your lessons, but you you pick up and you, and you move on because that first week means nothing after the game. You know, like you learn from it and then you move on and let's get better for week two. And I really feel like they did. They not just and again, one of the key things was not just in some of the things that were struggles in week one, like we were able to clean up some of those things, but also some of the things that popped up. In week two, like in that second quarter, some of the things that came up and that were giving us problems, we were able to make adjustments and have a much more sound second half, I, yep. f- I feel like. Even like, you know, it, it's Central Dolphin. It's always going to be a grind out kind of win. Um, and so, but to be able to do that, have uh, veteran guys and young guys like contributing at key times and key spots, it's what this team's going to need. And that only helps the team as we move forward. Yeah, for for sure. So it was it was tough this week to settle on a player of the game. I think obviously we could have gone with with Cam again, just what he was able to con- contribute on both sides of the ball, especially 
They kind of neutralized him in the special teams and the kicking game, punt, punt return game. Uh, Central's often had a fantastic punter and, and special yeah. teams job. Yeah. Uh, well done by the coaching staff, the players, and, and that that punter, that kicker in in particular. But again, that's that's what I would expect from them. Like they're not going to overlook it and like accidentally kick it to Cam. Like oh. they're not going to do that. You so know? like I, I got a message from Mike Drago last week at the beginning of the week that the Roman Catholic coach uh, pre messaged him and said that was a mistake by the player. He was not supposed to kick to Cam. That, that was <laughs> that's funny because we talked about right, that. We last talked week, about like, it, which oh, leads me to believe that either he read Drago's article or he listened to the show <laughs> right, right. And, and immediately messaged Mike to say, "Yeah, that was not a, a coach." overlook or that wasn't us saying hey let's see how good right. this kid is right. it was just it was a misplaced punt right and, and that's what we talked about like i think those are going to be cam's biggest chances is when the player doesn't execute what they've yep. been told right and that happens at all levels like i i flash back to uh tom coughlin telling them to not punt to deshaun jackson and he runs it back again you know <laughs> yeah. like and right he before grabbed Christmas the punter before he walked yes it was a glorious game right <laughs> I hope there's lots of that this year. I hope there's lots of coaches telling their punter not to kick the cam. And then they can't do it. And they don't execute. they, like, get, like, a little flustered and they do it. Well, yeah. you know, you're in in the uh, – in or around or near the coaches, both for Wilson and the opponent, by and large, because of the filming that you do for the team. How often do you hear coaches say, we have them in position, but they're not executing? You know, often, I, right? I feel I like it happens a lot. I can't. For, for, I can't tell you <laughs> for for Wilson and the opposing yes, coaches saying yes. we knew exactly what was coming. The kids were there. They didn't make the tackle, or they right. didn't throw the ball properly, or right. they missed the cut. You know, whatever it is. A common you know, one is uh, they stood straight up. <laughs> Our favorite thing to say as coaches is we can't play the game for you. We can put you in position. But you are the one that have to execute. And if you don't execute, bad things happen. And that's what happened when the Roman Catholic kicked the cam last week and he took it to the house. Central Dolphin wasn't allowing that to happen. Uh, but again, it, we Cam honestly could probably be player of the game every game this season. He just he that has that time of athleticism and, and talent that he's going to well, be a difference maker. We, this two weeks and we've started him at two different offensive positions mm-hmm. and he starts on defense, you know, like he's all over the place. So that that's just going to kind of come naturally with that. But And I know our defensive uh, players and coaches will be disappointed because, you know, it, this player of the game could have been Ryan McMillan for his, his uh, contributions as it could have been Nate Capitano because of that uh, timely interception. That, that was a big play of the game. But uh, for, you know, for a variety of reasons, it just seems like, the offense is the one that gets a lot of the focus, and we don't need to mean to drive that cliche for any reason other than um, you got to score points too. And there were moments in the game against Central Dolphin, especially at the beginning at the end, when uh, someone needed to step up and make a big play. And each time we felt that junior quarterback Tommy Hunsaker was the guy that was able to do that, getting the ball into Cam's hands in space. And then connecting with Eddie Case early in the game and then helping to run that offense at the end of the game that ended up running out the clock. So um, no disrespect to the other guys that we just mentioned or anyone we didn't mention, but the Bulldog Hour player of the game for week two's win at Central Dolphin is junior quarterback Tommy Hunsaker. And I thought Tommy played a a, a great game. And I know there's a few that... uh, that he probably wanted back or, you know, whether it was in the air or on the ground, but overall, you know, nine of 15 got the passing touchdown contributed in the run game. Uh, just overall 
thought it was a very, very solid game from yeah. Tommy. And when it mattered most, he was able to get get it done. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah, he, he really stepped up. Um the offensive unit, like, you know, with that with that run game being able to put up uh, some pretty good run numbers against Central Dolphin. Really like that. And we were efficient in the passing game. And that's man, that being efficient in the pass game helps that run game so much more. You know, being able to hit the guys like Eddie and um you know, uh, Makai, like just being able to have those threats out there, that's that's only going to help this team be more balanced, which is awesome. All right. The last thing we're going to do in our Central Dolphin recap is play the interview we have with the senior players. So we talk to, let's see if I can do this from memory, Landon Farrell, Brendan Hopp, Nate Capitano, and Nick Weitzel, I believe, were the yeah. four that we talked to. It's about three minutes long. Now, I'm having some trouble getting it set up here, so I'm going to try to transition to the interview. If it doesn't work, don't panic. We'll cut it short, and we'll come back and talk about at the MLK game. Um, but let me let me see if this works. So I'm going to transition to it now, and hopefully uh, you will eventually hear our uh, four Bulldogs players talk about the game against Central Dolphin. Okay, they're working. It's very choppy. I apologize for that. So we will uh, we'll have to regroup and try something differently because um, that's just not gonna that's just not gonna cut it. So I apologize for that not uh, not working the way we had hoped it would. On on a quick side note, technical issues involving <laughs> the nothing new. everything from the Central Dolphin game is oh yeah. Just a theme that's been running since Friday afternoon. So. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do my best. And, you know, if we have to run that next week, I will, because I do want to give those guys the spotlight. Or maybe I can post it after the fact on social media. But uh, I don't like the way that the uh, – I mean, the video wasn't showing up at all, and the audio seemed to be really choppy, and that just, just doesn't make for good production value. So uh, we're going to we're gonna cut that short, and yeah, I apologize we'll, we'll for that. Yeah, we'll get that to you. We'll get that out yeah, there. Yeah, we'll make sure that that gets out there because we did get to talk to them. And three of the four I, I didn't get to talk to beforehand at the senior player interview, so I wanted to make sure we got those guys on to talk about the game. Uh, so we will definitely get that out there for everyone to uh, listen to. Again, it's about three minutes long, so we will work on doing that. But uh, for the time being, then, we're going to move on from Central Dolphin, unless there's anything else you had to say about that. Yeah. Yep. All right. So game three of the 2022 season will be back at Gursky, and we will be welcoming in a familiar foe in the Martin Luther King Cougars who came to Gursky last year. Um, in the early part of the season, and we've talked about it before when we did the season preview, that um, uh, Coach Malik wanted to make the return trip, and they wanted yeah. to play us again. They wanted to come back to Gursky. He liked the opportunity to play against this program in in this part of the state. Uh, one of his players to uh, be able to, to, you know, do it again. So right. that's that's what's happening. Right. So it will be. Uh, Wilson Martin Luther King on Friday, September 9th, kickoff at 7 p.m. And like I had mentioned, it is uh, WFTC night, which is the championship team reunion focused on the squad from the fall of 2002. But in terms of, as I find my preview papers, uh, Martin Luther King, uh, this is the second meeting between the schools. So obviously they don't make that list that we talked about earlier, haven't gotten to the minimum five games. Uh, but the Cougars are coached by Malik Jones. Last year, they were 1-7. and seven. Uh, They played Belmont Charter in Week 1, and I believe they won. I don't know how they fared in Week 2, however. Uh, the biggest loss for the Cougars was uh, Antonio Green Jr., but they do have a bunch of guys back. 
and the coaching staff and also uh, the media have talked about how tough it was on MLK last year because in 2019, I think they were 9-1 and one and won their Philly Public League division. Right. Like, and, and they may have even made it to – I don't. they could have even possibly – I don't think they won districts because I think they were also 6A. Well, they could have been 5A. They, they might played, have won districts in 2019. They lost on Friday to okay. uh, Springside Chestnut Hill Academy. Okay, uh, what was the score uh, probably, of that? 48-16. But okay. they won week one 30-14. Against Belmont Charter, I believe. Yes. 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 So, you know, and then they're, they have us, and then they play Central Philly. Um, not – a lot of schools would probably, probably of, not familiar with a lot. It's of a lot them. of the Philly public schools right. after that. So, if you remember back the game last year, though, they you could tell that they had they had a good amount of talent. Yeah, but they hadn't had a lot of time to gel because I mean, like they didn't play played. in the fall of 2020. Right. They played in the abbreviated short spring I think of maybe 2021 one game or something. Yeah, like it that was too. it was weird. Then they had to turn around and come back for the fall of 2021. And if you remember, lots of schools. Weren't sure what they were going to do last fall, or they weren't allowed to practice over the summer, or right. get, or have right. much um, opportunities to gel as a team. Right. And you could see that there was a lot of potential there, but there were a lot of mistakes that get cleaned up by practicing as a team, right, and playing. So now they got all of last year under their belt. They had a normal spring and summer to get together, and they have a lot of good players coming back. Um, their key returners are tight end defensive end Khalid Bueno, uh, the big ones wide receiver defensive back Safi Reed, and running back linebacker Kasir Wimber and Shamir Norton. Those are, are three big athletic uh, offensive playmakers that have also contributed on defense, but they're the ones to, to look out for, and Reed, Wimber, and Norton. Um, also, uh, Atif Ward is one of their key line, two-way linemen, and another defense, defensive back Amir Muhammad. So, uh, they have they have guys back that have now <laughs> had a more normal experience with a high school season in the fall last year and then off-season activities this year. So they're a better team this year than they were last year because I know last year, I think, what was it, 50-8, to eight, I think, was the final, yeah. and that game was never in doubt. This, this can't be a game where you start looking at what's left. No, you you have to no. stay focused, and I know that'll be a point of emphasis right. from the coaching staff all week. But we all know that how that goes when you're talking about high school students, right? Right, and and the idea is to to think about and to their credit, the high school kids. Whenever we ask them, that's the answer they give. Right? They give us we're worried about the next game. You know, they're focused on that one. Um, but it it is you know. It is a test of that like willpower almost to put out of your mind what happened last year because that was such a unique situation. You know, this year is going to be different. Um, I don't know what they're going to bring, but I guarantee you it's going to be different than the experience last year just because, like you said, those MLK guys, well, we were their second game last year too, right? I think like so, that. yeah, I believe um, so. So they – some of them hadn't played football in almost a year and a half or longer, you know? And so it's just, that's really tough on any program. And so, you know, now that they've had that sense of normalcy for a year, you can expect a, a different experience. Yeah. Um, and that's, that can't dictate what we do, you know, like no matter what, 
even if it was supposed to be the same, it can't dictate what we do. We need to handle our business. We need to clean up the mistakes. We need to try and avoid that second quarter kind of downturn that we've had kind of the first two weeks of the season. You know, that second quarter has not been kind to us either week. No, um, you're right. You know, let's, we talked about it. We would have, in by our scorecards, you know, if we're like boxing judges, we would have given Wilson three out of the four rounds on, on Friday night. Let's go for all four. You know, let, let's have a complete the, game. Right, yeah. Let's, let's win each of the quarters this Let, week. Let's, you know, improve win. on the things that we need to. Like I said, I felt that there were a lot of improvements from week one to week two. I want to see that jump to week three right. because you're going to need it. We talked about our little roundup around district three and some of those guys. Like, there's a lot of teams that are kind of comparable, I guess, maybe, you know, through two weeks as much as you can tell. And we all know, we always talk about how accurate that transitive property is. Yeah, yeah totally. But like, you know, th there's a lot of kind of teams that are going to be vying for those eight spots. So you need to handle your business. You need to continue to get better. Um, that, that would be my message. Yeah, not only do we want to win all four quarters this week, let's win all three phases as well. Not yeah. saying we didn't this past no, week, no, but yeah, Central I, Dolphins sort of neutralized the uh, special teams, and each team had one field goal. So you right. know that was kind of more of a push. Um, obviously, we, I guess, technically won both offense and defense yeah. when you talk about scoring uh, um, for and against. But uh, let's win all three phases of the game, all four quarters of the game, move to 2-1, and one, get to that winning record, and then enter league play by and large, because I know we still have technically a non-league game against Mifflin coming up in week six, but they are a member of the On LL a Saturday league. afternoon. I just feel like, like we, can, we can't have a week where we don't bring that up. No, no, because as we've seen, there there will still be, as many times as we can say, there's still people that, that miss that because, you know, there was issues with well, the so location of the game every, Friday night. It comes up every week, and every week people are like, wait, wait what? It's That's on Saturday? Saturday? Yes. yes. Yes, it is. So, yeah, Mifflin's on a Saturday, but that's a few weeks ahead. We still have the game this week against Martin Luther King. Then we get to go into Reading for the first game against Reading in a decade. And who, then also who host also Cedar won Grant, on Friday night. Who beat Muhlenberg, yeah. And they, yeah. They, they they didn't look bad against CD East either the week no. before. So And CD East just – who'd they beat this past week? Um no, CD East lost yeah, I was gonna say, Cedar I think, Crest. I think they, they lost. lost yeah. Cedar oh, yeah, Cedar Crest beat CD East. Right. And, hey, that's who I was about to mention next. No, that's sorry. who Wilson plays – at Gursky the week before going to Shillington to play Mifflin on a Saturday, right. we have Cedar Crest. So there's a, there's important games on the schedule coming up starting this week with Martin Luther King this Friday, September 9th, seven o'clock kickoff. It is uh, the Wilson football tradition club night. And also I, I missed this. I forgot gold, the gold out. Yep. So it'll be, um, yep. you know, September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. So there'll be um, FTK and Wilson Minithon and the gold out activities. So um, be there for that, support that event and the fundraising and everything that goes into that. And let's hope for uh, another Wilson win and a uh, a good week three all around. Yeah. I, yeah. I am very interested in what's going on in District 3 6A. Because we have so Central Dolphins seems to be down this year, or they're not as good as the other powers in and around the district. As we, you know, losing to Central York and Wilson, Coastville's not District Three, but a, a perennial power down in District One. 
Central's often struggling a bit, but Cumberland Valley has taken that step up after they've and, been and, down and for five it's years. it's not the same. They run the spread now. Oh, yeah, they're not like, the old not, Cumberland Valley, no. It's not Cumberland Valley you you remember. Well, Cumberland Valley is led by Coach Josh Oswalt, who is a Cumberland Valley grad, but was the Central York yes. coach, yes. and that's who they just beat this last week. Now, they have weathered the storm under Josh Oswalt. I think this is his, is this his third year there? I feel there? like it is his third year, yeah. But so when Wilson came back and beat Cumberland Valley in 2016 in the district championship game, you know, down um, what 14 nothing, right? I love that. <laughs> 14 nothing at halftime. Come back to win 2014. Cumberland Valley, and I don't want to say that that game was the reason for it, but no. Cumberland Valley has been down since that game. Yes. 17, the seasons 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, and 21, they were winning just a handful of games. I, I think last year things started to look brighter, but I think they were hopeful that this would be the year that they took that next step. And judging by the first two weeks, so being far, Township and like Central York, on their way, yeah. right, those are two teams that have been very strong the last few years, especially these last uh, well five years for Township and last two years for Central York. And I know there are people that think, despite the talent that Central York lost from the team the last two years, this team is very good too. Cumberland Valley beat both of them. So Cumberland Valley is one to watch. Obviously, Harrisburg, we know what's going on with Harrisburg. That entire team basically from last year is back, and they're looking at as, you know, as good or better. Uh, Sean Lee, a quarterback, now a sophomore. Makai Hopkins, the bruising running back linebacker. Uh, Kyle Williams, uh, speedy wide receiver or, or athlete, kind of like Cam Jones. Right. Uh, and a variety of other weapons. And uh, we're not going to dive into Harrisburg yet. We don't even know that Wilson will get to play them this year. It would be a really good sign if we're... If we're playing pre Harrisburg Previewing again. Harrisburg game right. at some point months down the road. Well after your Christmas tree's up. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep throwing that in there. People are going to think I put it up October 1st, by the well, way. that's my goal. That's my goal is to get people... Is your goal like, to make people think that or to force me to do it? No, no, no. Definitely to make people think that. Because be careful what you wish for. <laughs> So, uh, but, uh, you know, Hempfield right now is looking like the biggest challenge in section yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know. Look good. And I, we've been, we've been on that yeah, we've train been saying forever. Ever since George, George Eager, uh, took the job, you know, he's in year three now too. That's a big year. Uh, to make a jump, your system has been in, oh, in, in effect. D lineman get offered by Penn State today. Yeah, a junior defensive lineman too. He's back next year, so he's a class of twenty twenty four commitment. Uh, and he didn't commit; he was offered by Penn right. State today. But obviously, that's a good sign when you're getting Power Five teams submitting offers to a, a player on your squad. So Hempfield is definitely one to watch, and that is the Wilson Hempfield game. One, thankfully, at Gursky this year. Yes. That's key. Two, unfortunately, the week after Mifflin, which is a short week because that game is on a Saturday. Right, right. Um, so that's a that's a that's a big one. Um, not to discount anyone else because we just mentioned Cedar Crest. Right, and we'll learn more over the next few weeks right. as to get an idea of what to expect. But like we talked about with this week, got to handle your business. You got to mm -hmm. you got to take week by week. Right, you you win have by to win. Control our game. We need to make sure we're doing the things we're supposed to on offense. Make sure we're doing the things we're supposed to on defense. We've seen it the first two weeks. When we do things the when we do what we're supposed to do, things are are fine. It's when we get forced out of that that you start to have issues. 
Yeah, so play our game, do your job, all that great stuff. That's where we're at. So I I am looking forward to uh, opening the league season after the MLK game this week um, because Redding is getting better. Cedarcrest is getting better. Hempfield is is for sure better. Penn Manor, I still think Penn Manor, they've got a lot back yeah, from last returned, year. Right, they returned so much from last year. So, um, then McCaskey, I, their quarterback, who's another, like, I feel like he's been there for six years, Matthew mm-hmm. Remash, he's going to camps and getting uh, a scholarship offers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he was just at Bloomsburg. So, you know, oh, there's there's talent in in the LL League, and may, I don't know if there'll be parity or if it will break down where there'll be a couple big dogs, and then uh, you know everyone else, or if it's gonna we're gonna see a lot of teams that go like three and three in the league, or right. is that is that right? Six games, yeah, six games in the league. So yeah, but should make for an exciting season. I'm looking forward to covering it here for you. Justin and I will be at Gursky obviously Friday night for the next game. And uh, throughout Lancaster and Lebanon counties um, for the next seven plus weeks. Uh, yeah, we don't leave the county. I was for just going to say, we, we mentioned this, I think, in one of the off season yeah. shows, but now that we got the trip to Harrisburg out of the way, Wilson does not leave Burks County until Penn Manor in October because host Martin Luther King, go to Reading, host Cedar Crest, go to Mifflin. <laughs> And then host Hempfield. It, it's becoming a weekly occurrence, but we know what pen, away games at Penn Manor means, right? Sugar, Sugar Bowl. Bowl. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited. Wilson does not have a game outside of Berks County until October 14th. It's only September 4th. So, hooray. Yeah, and no excuses to not be at these games. It's crazy that it happens when the Berks and LL merge. Because like, yeah. I, I know that meant very little to Wilson's schedule. In, in terms of, like, you know, the teams were playing, Reading being the exception there. But so much of the high school football talk around here this year is like, oh, there's going to be a little bit more travel for a lot of these teams. <laughs> Not Wilson. It's yeah. actually, like, less. Yeah. So. You get to drive to Reading. I get to drive to Mifflin. Those are the two road games we're talking about <laughs> before uh, gassing up the, the car to head to Millersville. So, yeah, uh, yeah great, great. Love it. Um, let's not talk about travel in 2023 because that may be not shaping that's, up to be that's great. a problem for future Justin <laughs> uh, going down to Roman Catholic maybe going down to Martin Luther King depending on what happens there um, we'll have to go back to McCaskey then next year yeah. down to Hemfield Landisville yeah we're going to get uh, some, some miles next year but back that's to right. Lebanon for Cedar Crest you oh, know yeah. they love it there I'm going to inspect the visitors' locker room uh, after that game at the end of September. Um, so yeah, yeah. So we actually have back-to-back Cedar Crest. We go to Cedar Crest at West, and then the next night we host Cedar yes. Crest varsity. Yeah, I saw so that on the schedule. Got the Falcons back to back. Sometimes that works out. So, anything else to say about Dolphin Martin Luther King? No, or anything it, else. I was just I was pleased with the progress. Let's keep it rolling. Have a have a good week of practice, um, and let's hit Friday night ready to go. Yeah. Uh, very thankful that there was minimal attrition, uh, no, yeah. no, no yeah. additional new injuries, or um, not nearly as many as there were in the first right, week. Right, right. Uh, so hopefully everyone's staying healthy or getting healthy, and we can see everyone back on the field and ready to roll for this game Friday, 
September 9th against Martin Luther King back at Gursky. So I think that's it for us here at the Bulldog Hour this week. Again, I will post somewhere. Maybe I'll just upload it to YouTube and share the link. The post-game interview we had with those four senior players. Sorry that didn't work out again, but check uh, bulldoghour.com or the social media sites for that interview probably sometime tomorrow. But until next time, for Justin Rathoff, I'm Joe Mays. Remember, go Go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.